Welcome to Sports, Clips, and Politics with your host, Ben Husson, and me, Sean Hannon. Welcome to episode 35 of Sports, Clicks, and Politics. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for joining us. Thank you, Mr. Husong, for joining us. Always a pleasure. Quite a week we had here since our last show. I think we actually mentioned GameStop and passing as a joke, like as we were signing off and not knowing that this was going to be a focus of a show a week later. This is going to be the whole thing. This, this is going to take I, We have some other stuff to talk to because, I, I mean... There is the, the game, the Super Bowl is uh, coming up, and uh, we got some uh, some New York State nursing home uh, news. Oh, God. Uh, so, and we got some, well, we didn't get the news, but we have some additional news in our still undecided congressional race here in uh, the New York 20, the 22nd District. So, a lot to cover. Um, hopefully, you guys have uh, been able to find us over here on uh, YouTube since uh, we have migrated over there from... Uh, from the Facebook, because uh, I can't keep myself out of trouble over there. So I want to make sure that I can come to you guys uh, every week here. So uh, YouTube it is for now. Um, Until YouTube kicks us off because of you. Yeah, well, I mean, that's a bridge we'll get to when we cross it, I guess, right? <laughs> or, or the other way around. I think we're going to cross that yeah. bridge when we come to it. Is the nah, we'll figure we're it going out. For. Um, so let's, let's, uh, let's touch on the Super Bowl first. Yep. Uh, that's the only sports thing we have. Um you know, it's kind of billed as uh, the, the the matchup of these quarterbacks. I think that's going to be the main narrative. Have you uh, done any deep dive and uh, thinking how you're going to pick a winner? I was thinking a coin toss um, is probably my best bet. Um, I think the Chiefs are going to be the ones to ultimately win. I think it's just a better team top to bottom and a better coach, which helps. But I don't know. You, you never want to. You never want to bet against Tom Brady. I've learned that. Yeah. No. And like I said, I, I'm looking forward to it. I think it'll be a really good matchup. I, I think that either team there's there's a path for either team to win, if you will. Um, I, I agree with you that the Chiefs are the better team, more talented team, and if they play their A game, uh, and the the Bucks play their A game, it should be the Chiefs to win that game. But I don't think there's that. I don't think it's as big as we think, especially since I think the Bucks are kind of coming into form right now. So we yeah. haven't really seen the best Bucks team. Maybe we are seeing the best Bucks team right now. So I don't know. I I think the Bucks have a shot. I agree with that. The, the reason I really lean towards giving the nod to the Chiefs is the coaching. Of when I watch the Chiefs play the Bills, they just outcoached them in every aspect of the game offensively defensively and game management overall the Chiefs it was and it wasn't close they just had the Bills number top to bottom and what what stuck out to me about that was the Bills coaching staff is excellent they are they have not been out coached all season and it and then in this game it wasn't even close they got out coached by a mile so I, I, that sort of gave me a newfound respect for the Chiefs of, good Lord, this seems just that it's on another level. It, it really is. Do, do you know what the line is? I don't want to put you on the spot there because I forgot to look it up this I morning. I don't. I want to say uh, two and a half or three, but I'm not sure. Okay. I mean, I, I don't know. Like I said, I, I, I just think it's going to be a better game. I think most people uh, are, are on the Chiefs' side. I think that's where I kind of read early money was going there, but I don't know. I, I'm looking forward to it. I think the quarterback matchup is intriguing. Obviously, you got the passing of the guard narrative, um, but there's a bunch of good players on both sides of this team, oh. so it should be just an entertaining game. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. 
Uh, hopefully my boy Grant gets a touchdown and uh, gets to go out. Maybe if this is his last game ever, he gets to go out and uh, on top a little bit. So agreed. Um, KC minus three to. and a half. Minus three and a half. Yeah, I might. Take, I think the Bucks might be the play there. I would agree. I, if it goes up any, if it goes up to four, you're gonna put a little. No, but I got all my money in Bitcoin and GME. <laughs> so that's gambling, Ben. What are you doing over there? I'm sorry. Gambling, trying to gamble my money away. I apologize. Let's let's invest it in right. the stock market instead. Let's let's talk about a more. Uh, this is kind of an issue that we've talked about here multiple times on the show. Um, multiple episodes of the show. And this is the idea that uh, New York State, according to our governor, was somewhere in the neighborhood of 35th to 39th ranked in nursing home deaths uh, in relation to all the other states, um, which turns out to not be true, Ben. Um, did you know that we undercounted our nursing home deaths here in New York State? You know, I think I, I, think I did. I may, and, may have discussed that once or twice. So this wasn't a surprise to you when this all came out a couple of days ago with the uh, New York Attorney General, Letitia James, here in her uh, investigative reporting? Uh, I think it did not surprise me that this is what it is. I actually think they are still undercounting with their estimates of how many they actually have. I do think that. I don't, I don't know how or where um, you know, the, the, the disconnect would be. I mean, obviously, I think they have this, uh, uh, what is it, the herds? Uh, system that kind yeah. of reports the deaths there from uh, if they leave the, the facility and go to a hospital and die, this is the report that they get this uh, HERDS. Um, I don't know. Like I said, I feel like it's it, it's it, it, I, I think the reporting of it is trying to paint it as something that, oh my God, this is <laughs> this has just come to light where. Like anybody who was paying attention to this, even a little bit, knew this number was going to come out at some point, and it was going to be much higher than the I think what they have now eighty five hundred, eighty seven hundred. It was because I think the number is now is like twelve thousand seven hundred forty three. Is the number? Listen, I'm an idiot with a laptop, and I figured this out nine months ago that we were under. It was so painfully obvious by any metric that that you measured it that the number they were listing was incorrect. It, there was no there was no plausible way that you could say it was accurate. And let, let me back up a step on this. The way they are undercounting them is actually quite simple. Everywhere else in the entire country, federal government, every other state, if a nursing home resident contracts COVID, goes to a hospital, and dies, it is counted as a nursing home death. Everywhere else. New York State does not count that. The only way it counts is if you get COVID in a nursing home and then die in the nursing home, which is obviously not very common because if somebody's dying of a flu-like syndrome like COVID, they're going to a hospital. That's what you do. So it was obvious from the beginning. And look, if you want to count that as a hospital death or if you don't want to count that as a hospital death, fine. Like I could see the argument for both sides, but the reality is if you're doing it different than everybody else and then you're taking a victory lap, Saying, like, well, why don't you go ask those other 35 states what they did wrong? Like, listen, you know that's a lie. You know that this is the information is not the same. Yeah. This is just so painfully obvious. And the reason is very simple. His nursing home order killed people. Like, and he's trying to deny that they, that ever came to light. Like, no, this is nonsense. You absolutely signed an executive order on March 25th that said... A person shall not be denied admission or readmission to a nursing home due solely to a positive COVID test or symptoms. Okay. And he came out later and was like, no, that was only if the hospitals were overwhelmed and that never happened. Like, nope. 
Not how anybody read that. And if that was how you had meant it when you were asked about it weekly or during your weekly or daily press conferences, wouldn't you have brought that up once? Yeah. Between no. March and, and May. And obviously we, we had uh, Bill Hammond here from the Empire Center on and he filed a freedom of information request for that. Uh, never got it technically. Um, the state released the numbers, but they just released them public, you know, just after the attorney general had to do their own investigation. Right. After we had a local reporter here for Syracuse.com, did a, uh, Tim Nouse did a uh, investigator. He basically came up, they both came up with all the same numbers. 13,000 was the number that they were kind of roughly guessing. And the state comes out with uh, conveniently lower than 13,000 number, but Close. again, yeah, close enough to be 13,000. And the fact that it took the attorney general investigation just to get those numbers is just ridiculous, again, on, on all faces. And, and the biggest point is not, not necessarily to, uh, this was an effort to, hey, Cuomo mishandled whatever. But if you're trying to prepare for the pandemic and you're getting information that says, hey, there's a bunch of people dying that, <clears throat> excuse me, aren't in nursing homes and they, in fact, and turned out were dying in nursing, of, you know, they were contracting this in nursing homes, there seemed to be additional problem out there that never existed because he basically blurred the number uh, of these nursing home deaths. Again, as Ben pointed out, they're differently, counting differently than all these other states, and then taking a victory lap bragging about how he did. When he, full, he knew full well that the numbers were, were incorrect. So um, I'm glad the number's out. Um, I He's don't, still, like, denying it. Listen, he's like oh I said, he was throwing blame around like a kid in a food fight. That's what he does. So it's unbelievable. It's like, oh, it's a political attack. No, it's not. It's yeah. basic numbers. Like you should not the political accept. attack from his same party uh, attorney general. Yeah, like right? this is this is ridiculous. I, and listen, honest to God, he this virus affects the oldest people the most. And the, the narrative behind all of these lockdowns and everything else was it could be anybody. And you're trying, and some of us have been pointing out like, hey, if you just protected the nursing homes, you'd probably get the death rate to drop by about 80%. Right. And I don't know that there was ever a, this is the way to save the nursing homes plan. But at least if you had the focus, you would at least hope to think you were doing your best shot, right? Like right. here, they didn't even get a best shot. And it, you know, it turns out the, the investigative had, had much more you know, problems just in the death count, um, just the lack of staffing and the, the, the uh, PPE. The, there was a bunch of other uh, things that came up in that investigative uh, report from the attorney general that were, I, I think, known for, for longer than, than that report's been out for sure. Yeah. So um, so we'll, we'll, we'll follow up on that as, as news breaks about that in, in upcoming shows. Uh, one more piece of New York news here. We still don't wait, have wait, an wait, answer. Wait, 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 wait. Yeah, I, got, I, got, I didn't even tell you this pre-show. I apologize. But I got something to add on the COVID front. Okay. I did learn something after our show last week. So vaccine. If you had COVID and then you have antibodies and you have been donating your plasma to help other people, if you get the vaccine, they will no longer take your plasma. Well. Because... It destroys the body's far superior natural antibodies and replaces them with the mRNA ones. So if you are doing that, just be aware. If you already got it and you decide to get the vaccine for whatever reason, they're not going to let you do it anymore. It's almost like there's a reason that they don't want to take your plasma once you get the vaccine. I'm going to let you draw your own conclusions and connect your own dots. But it would seem to me that if you already have a better immunity than putting a foreign substance in your body that will not stop you from spreading the virus. Bring on the vid. Give it to me. Like, guys, think this through. If you already had it and you get the vaccine, you're literally doing nothing. I mean, literally, there's literally there's zero benefit for you to do it. You're actually a detriment to society because you can't donate plasma. Yeah, like it's hurting. And 
okay, uh, God bless you. Everybody make your own decisions and please go in with two eyes open. Let's not pretend like we know for sure this vaccine is going to give you everlasting immunity. All the available evidence indicates it does not. Whereas all of the available evidence indicates that if you get COVID, you have very long-lasting immunity. Like people that had SARS-CoV-1 still have immunity via T-cell immunity 15 years later, 12 years later, something like that. Like, make common sense decisions. If you already had it, don't go get it. It's almost like the human body was prepared for this already. You know, every now and then. So let's move over to the bit of New York State news. Uh, It's still not, I guess, official news here, but we do have some, uh, we have an update, if you will. So... Uh, New York 22, the congressional district, still the lone remaining undecided congressional race in the country. Uh, still, So we're still rep- unrepresented. Isn't that fun? Eh. I mean, you're probably right. <clears throat> so we, But we do have an update on votes. So we have uh, Claudia Tenney, who is the challenger, even though she's the former uh, representative, um, yeah. and, uh, and Anthony Brindisi, who is the current uh, representative, is now trailing, and Tenney has a lead of 122 votes. I believe they have one more county to canvas. I think it's in Oswego today, and I'm sure there's more court proceedings and arguments and stuff, but we've been doing this. The, the judge dismissed a bunch of, uh, uh, or at least ruled on a bunch of pending uh, uh, you know, outcomes there, and you know, right now we stand with uh, uh, Tenney at a 122-vote uh, lead, I think we're going to get some more information later this afternoon. I was hoping we were going to have something before we went on today, um, but they're still doing some uh, canvassing up in uh, one of the uh, last counties anyway. So Amazing. Yeah. Just, what are we, three months later? Yeah. Shocking. can't believe our government doesn't work so more efficiently. Oh, yeah. It's, it's a real real brain teaser. Uh, let, me, let me jump in, too, real quickly, too, so that uh, I, want, I don't want to uh, leave out my boy Jeff Epstein here. So um, if you got... <laughs> Your boy my Jeff boy. Epstein. So... The bold statement. Yeah. He knows. So Leon Black, the uh, CEO of Apollo, which is like a gigantic hedge fund, right? Is that what they do? Yeah, I believe. Uh, He's no longer the CEO of a gigantic hedge fund. He has stepped down uh, in large part because of a $158 billion. Billion. Billion dollar. eh, Billions and millions. But Epstein doesn't really matter. Million. Either way, a large sum of money to... Jeffrey Epstein, um, which I think was early reported something like fifty million, and now it's one hundred fifty million. So um, he has stepped down for whatever uh, is going to come of his relationship with Jeff Epstein. But I wanted to make sure that we had a little bit of update on that because that was kind of happened right as our show broke uh, last week too. So that but was the reason, only a week ago that that happened. It seems like we've yeah, it's wow. like it's like a month. Yeah, man, that's crazy. So the reason everybody's here, uh, the topic of the show. Um, I don't know, I guess we'll start with Wall Street Bets. Um, so they're a subreddit of Reddit, and they they do bets. They do uh, Wall Street stock tips, right? So they uh, post these, it's like a blog forum, whatever, and they have a bunch of different users. Uh, the users, just for the record, uh, when I first entered Wall Street Bets, which was, I don't know, whenever Elon tweeted it out, I was in the 1.8 million users. They're now almost at 8 million users, yep. which is crazy. Um, I think I saw 7.9 or 7.7 or something like that. So yep. they're they're just, it's 
it's an unbelievable phenomenon that's happening here, and we're going to try to break down some of it as best we can here where we're at. I um, have to give a disclaimer before we talk about okay. this. I am a licensed financial advisor. I'm going to talk about this very freely and openly. Please don't take anything I'm going to say during this show as financial advice for all the regulators that like watch this show afterwards that I have to send them, and they, they view this because to make sure I'm not doing anything. I am not giving financial advice. I am not speaking as a financial advisor today. I am just talking as an idiot with a computer of everything that's going on. Yeah, it's a phenomenon, right? So this is not a necessarily a how to play this thing. Right. It's a what the hell has happened here Here's in a week what happened thing. and where yeah. we're going. Yeah, so um, I think Wall Street Bets is probably the best place to start, right? So, I mean, this is kind of... So, Actually, I do want to... Back it up. Let me give the, like, people understand what happened and how we got okay. here. Okay. Because I can explain yeah, this go in, ahead. in pretty basic terms. Yeah. So, in investing, obviously, the idea is you put money into something in the hopes that it increases in value and you make money. That's the usual flow. There's also something called short selling. Now, if I think a company is going to lose value or I think it is overpriced, I would sell it short. And what that means is I sell shares that I don't own thinking that it's going to go down and I'm going to go buy the shares later. So, I borrow the shares in quotes. And then, I, so if it's trading at 10, I sell it short. It goes down to three. And then I go out on the market and buy it for $3, and then I deliver the shares. I have to deliver the shares. That's not, that's not an option to not. But I go out, and I've made $7 per share in that scenario. Now, if I short, it, short sell it at 10 and it goes up to 15 and my contract comes due, I still need to deliver the shares. So I have to go buy it at 15 and I have lost $5 per share at that point. So that's short selling in a nutshell. Now, what happened was... Some people have a huge moral objection to it. I really don't. I, like, if you're just betting on a company going up or down, good for you. I, I, I don't care. But, yeah, and, I, and just real quick, I, just yeah, yeah. To, to, you know, I don't think shorting, I think it probably provides a check on people trying to distort their stocks higher, too, right? right? So if there's a company out there who knows they're struggling and they try to put out some, you know, Pumped some news right and right, they try to, you know, basically prop up their stock price, I think if there's enough short sellers out there they can call bs on that and kind of keep that in check so i i, okay. I again i'm not morally opposed to short selling either um as long as the rules remain consistent for everybody and you know it's all transparent and whatnot so i don't think there's any moral objection whatsoever but Agreed. continue sorry i don't know that's that's perfect um so what happened here is there's a hedge fund called melvin capital management and a hedge fund basically is the wealthiest people these are the where they put their money so these guys usually charge like 2.2%. Then I see Michael Jordan was a... Uh, Michael Jordan might be affected by this, yes. I think I saw $300 million. Yeah, he's, they might not make payroll. But anyways, um, so a hedge fund, they, you pay a lot of money, and the idea is they're, they're the best of the best, and they're going to make you a ton of money. There's a big argument about whether a hedge fund is actually worth it or not, about the value and everything else, but this is what wealthy people do. So this hedge fund decided, looked at GameStop. And they short-sold GameStop. Figure, all right, this company is basically useless at this point. It doesn't do anything. Nobody's going in. They can download the games right online. You're, you're not going to go in. If you trade in five games that you paid $80 each for, they'll give you $9 in store credit. Like, it's a, it's a bad business model. I actually called a buddy of mine who's a video game guy. I said, hey, listen, you play a lot of video games, right? He said, yep. So when's the last time you went to a GameStop? He said, about maybe a decade ago. <laughs> okay. So it wasn't a terrible call that this company's probably going to go out of business. So they started short selling it. They started selling the shares that they didn't own. Okay. Now what happened is uh, they GameStop got infused with new money, got a new CEO. They decided they're going to change up their whole model, go more online, less brick and mortar. They're going to adapt, which companies are you know prone to do. So the short sellers didn't really buy in. But 
there were some people on this subreddit group, Wall Street Bets, that saw this angle, or I don't exactly know how, because this is a phenomenon that it happened. Yeah, and, and just real quick, like we've been talking about this for a week, but this has been in play for weeks and months. Months. Right, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's been going for months. So what they did is they all started buying. So this is, you'll hear this term a lot, it's called a short squeeze. So what they're doing is if I know you're short a stock, I go and buy it, that drives up the price. All right, and if I can get enough shares, if I can buy enough shares more than what you have short sold, then I'm going to squeeze you because you have to buy the shares. You have to, at some point, spend the money, buy the shares, and deliver the shares that you sold short. So as, I, as that happens, I just keep buying and buying and buying and buying and buying. And let's say there's 100 shares, you're short 20. If I own over 80 shares, I dictate the price to you because it doesn't matter. You need to buy it for whatever number it is until it, and now there's a bunch of different people. So eventually somebody is going to sell and then that starts it and it'll work its way back down quickly. But that's a short squeeze. The, the biggest mistake Melvin Capital made, and I think what is actually somewhat morally reprehensible on their part is not just them, but all these hedge funds, they all kind of go at together. The short sellers overall shorted 140% of the existing shares of GameStop. So of all the shares that exist of GameStop, they sold without owning 140% of them. So they can't get them all back. There's no shot. And listen, here's the worst. And this is where I mean, I have no objection to short selling. This doesn't sit right with me because this isn't you betting on what a company's going to do or trying to be a check and a balance. You only go short 140% if you are planning on putting that company out of business. You are never planning on delivering shares. You are trying to get them to file bankruptcy and put them under. So these Wall Street Reddit, Wall Street Bets Reddit idiots, um, I say that lovingly. They have worse names than they call themselves. I know, I know. Listen, Idiots is a term of endearment, I feel uh, like, around Honest to God, I can't, I can't believe what I'm seeing. Like, I'm reading this last week in actual legitimate financial publications, and they're quoting Reddit usernames. Like, Thick Dad Bod 46 says this. Like, what, what world is this? So they, they're buying. So they started buying all the shares of GameStop that they could. And they started when it was like $3 a share. And they bought, and they bought, and they bought, and they bought, and they keep buying, and they're not selling, and they're squeezing. Because when these contracts, the short contracts, come due, these hedge funds have to deliver. They have to go buy. So it doesn't matter if this price hits $5,000 a share. Melvin Capital is paying $5,000 per share to get these contracts. They have to. There is no choice. This is a short squeeze. Melvin Capital overexerted, overleveraged themselves to the point of being so vulnerable that a bunch of idiots on, on Reddit are literally without, if there was no intervention, if the SEC didn't step in, if other funds didn't step in, if, if there was no manipulation or anything else, what you would see as a result of this is a roughly 15 to $20 billion wealth transfer from the hedge funds to retail investors. Yeah, they literally won the trade. They won. They won. And it's, it's, it's over. They won. They, now, in, in a perfect it, system. It, it would have won two 5,000 if they didn't have intervention on Thursday. I mean, I said, I think there would have been other circuit breakers that right. have tripped, which would have been just basically companies going out of business. So maybe it doesn't get to whatever, but, and maybe some of that stuff still happens, but they, they just, they hit a home run. And I, as we, we mentioned this a little bit, um, just in passing, but like this, this is not going away, right? This is like, this is here forever. The thing. It, they, they must feel emboldened too, because they actually got to see it work. Right. So not only did they have this plan and they, 
you know, got like all they got this momentum and they felt probably felt really good about this stuff. Even when it was probably like five, ten, eleven dollars, they probably didn't realize what they were actually or what could have actually happened. Right. And the fact that it got to this point, you know, I think is more a reflection on our financial system more than uh, the savviness of the idiots on Reddit. But that's another story, or that's another topic, I guess. So let's finish up about the the, the technicals part, um, and then okay. Go ahead. So now what, what's got to happen is it, that's more or less everything that's going on. Now, there's other companies involved. AMC, the, 85% of shares were sold short. So, like, that's crazy. Uh, you would never do that because it, you're so leveraged. It leaves you so vulnerable to a short squeeze because you can't possibly control and buy up 80% of an existing company at whatever price you dictate. Same way at 140, obviously it's impossible. You cannot buy the shares. So what you're seeing now is insanity that this was even allowed to happen in the first place. For reference, I looked at the top. You can go to highshortinterest.com and it lists all the short interest every two weeks. It updates for different companies in America. GameStop was number one at 138. Um, AMC was number three at 85, 86. Virgin Galactic was actually number two at like 90% shares sold short. Just for a comparison, I went to the European side and like England, what are the most shorted companies in England? It's like three oil companies and two banks and the highest short interest is 14.5%. That's responsible investing. What we are doing is something else over here. These hedge funds are a casino. Now, here's the problems with it. Number one, hedge fund guys are not dumb. They're very, very smart people, and there's no way they didn't acknowledge the reality that they could be susceptible to a short squeeze. What it says is they had no fear that any of their so-called competitors were going to do it to them. There's, yeah, because all this is public information. Like I said, the Redditors right. had this information available to them. They knew what they were looking at. They executed, but none of the other rival hedge funds uh, seemed not to uh, make that play. No, so. a bunch of them copied it, in fact. And this is the, like, keep in mind, the people that are investing in a hedge fund are like Steve Cohen, the owner of the Mets. I, these are people that have serious, serious money. Yeah. And this hedge fund, so I, I just want to make this abundantly clear what this actually means, if this goes all the way to to the full execution. These people have put billions of dollars with these hedge fund managers. It will be gone. There will be no money left in this hedge fund. The guy who made these trades at Melvin Capital will have effectively lost his clients $13 billion for other people. It's not his money. $13 billion is going to leave the hands of these wealthy people, and it's going to go end up in these Redditor's hands. Like, it, it's amazing. And this is, the I think, the most remarkable part is they don't care. Yeah. Not, no. The rich people care. And so, and so this is, let's, let's talk about just, I don't know, my, my timeline of getting involved in this, I guess, in general. So, you know, Robinhood, we'll talk about them in a little bit. But so I have yeah, a Robinhood account. Um, I almost never use it. Uh, you guys are probably aware that they have a referral program where if you uh, recommend uh, the app to a... Uh, another individual and they sign up, you get a free app. And so do they, right? So turns out back in February of 2020, I, I got a free share of GME, right? So I I was aware of it. I looked at it. I was, you know, whatever knew it was there. It basically sat in my Robinhood account untouched for, I don't know, until last Monday, actually. So I don't even know what caused it, but I woke up late. I started reading an article about how, uh, many of the, uh, GameStop founders, owners had sold off a bunch of stock uh, to make money. And I was like, 
how they make money. Their stock's $3, right? So I just quickly go to my Robinhood app, look it up, and it says $62. Now, this is this is like at 3 or 4 in the morning, uh, Monday morning before the show last week, right? So, like, I don't know what the hell was going on at this point. But in the next hour, I proceeded to watch it run up to about $120 in my hand, not knowing what was happening. I was like, what is going on? Like, so I, I, just for a quick reference, I had some shares of Tilray back when this thing was a crazy thing too. I don't know, I don't know how I end up with all these plays. But, so I had some Tilray and the same thing was happening, right? So this thing was just shooting up and I was like, this is weird. Like, I only have one share. So it's like, I'm not like worrying about like running to the doors or exits or whatever. I'm just trying to figure out. So then I started just doing a couple simple searches. This is four in the morning. So there's nobody to talk to about this. I start doing some simple searches and all of a sudden I see that there's this Reddit thing and there's this play and the people are trying to squeeze. And I was like, Oh my God, this is spectacular. Um, and so we didn't really touch about it on Monday at the show. I think, I think we mentioned like in passing at one point, but, but ever since then I've been just tracking this GME and all the, 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 you know, the cogs that go off of it. It's, it's an amazing, an amazing thing. And, you know, we're a week into it now, <clears throat> or, you know, we are a week into it right. now. Uh, maybe the real world isn't uh, maybe only like five days into it now. Uh, Cause I think the really, really thing hit the fan on Thursday where that app that I had the uh, thing basically stopped allowing users to buy shares of GameStop, uh, AMC, BlackBerry, Nokia. There was a bunch, uh, I think like eight, 13 stocks. I think they banned on Thursday. Yeah. All of those were highly leveraged short uh, short positions. Right. These right. were all the stocks that basically the Reddit idiots were they're going yeah. after. Where they had 50% or more of the shares that existed were sold short. And so on Thursday, they blocked, you know, without warning, like basically at opening, they just said, no, you can't buy these. Like there was a little, I got a message in my on my app basically saying, hey, you, you could buy, I think it was, uh, on Thursday it was none, but I think it, 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 the, it opened up, I think like at three o'clock, it eventually opened up on Thursday, and then you could buy like five shares. I don't even think it was that. I think it was later. I think it was closer to three thirty that you could. And so, the very end of the day. But if, the, if the, the whole while you could not buy, you could sell, and so the price bottomed out. Right. So, like, if your only transaction allowed on the biggest retail app in the world is to sell, people are going to sell. Um, and p- not those were mostly retails, but it allowed because there was no buying pressure, it allowed the price to fall and it allowed all these Melvin capital and a bunch of these other hedge funds who were over leveraged a way out. Like it was, it was a way for them to, I'm sure. And you know, maybe we'll, there'll be a, a Netflix documentary about this at some point, I'm sure about all of the, 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 the crap that went down on Thursday in the back behind the scenes with the, the, the stopping of the trades and the bailing out of Robin hood. Um, that, and I basically to your point where we were talking about, uh, you know, no moral, uh, compass and, and shorting here's where the rules changed right so if if you're going to allow shorting and you're going to allow to you allow the, to get played on the other side you can't change the rules in the middle of the trade and think that nobody's going to notice and nobody's going to care and basically the world lost its shit yeah so what happened at robin Hood was actually far more nefarious than than i think most people even recognize of all right i'm not going to accuse anybody of anything but let's just look at what actually happened for robin hood and now this is all I have good reason to believe this is true. I'm open to the prospect that some of this will later be disproven. So Robinhood cancels trading. You cannot buy. I'm just going to focus on specifically GameStop and AMC because those are the two biggest ones. You can't buy them. None. No, not allowed for a full day. Unless. Now, I got back up another step. I'm sorry. 
typically speaking, retail investors are individuals, you, me, people that just live out in the world, and this is this is what we do. Like it's it's an individual, you have a stock account. You're not you're not a hedge fund, you're not a Wall Street guy. Like that's who a retail investor is. Robinhood is the largest provider for retail traders to own stock in. It's the it's the the idea was to democratize trading. That was their stated mission. And they have this app that that you can go on and do it. It makes it very easy. So they also have something called like a concierge service where if you have enough money, and I don't know what the dollar amount is, but it's kind of a lot, you get a dedicated rep that you can call and discuss ideas with and investments and everything else. So during the day when they blocked all the people from from buying, apparently the people that had enough money to qualify for the concierge service were still allowed to buy it. They could call their guy and it could still be bought, which is... Yeah, because it was still open on the exchanges. It was just closed at the Robinhood. Right. And then a handful of other places shut it down, yeah. too. And there was, I, I don't know, maybe you know what the, what Apex, like there was some kind of like middleman, I feel like they're... Yeah, who executes the actual yeah, trades. So like they are the ones who I feel like a bunch of these apps are kind of tied into. And when they shut down, that's when everybody else shut down, too. Yeah, so uh, Citadel is the group that has a large holding within um, Melvin Capital, the, the hedge fund. They basically own it now. Yeah. Yeah, they do. Um, and they also pay Robinhood $40 million every month or year or something like that for the data of their users. So basically what Robinhood really is, is it's a data analytics company for the hedge funds. Like it lets, it gives, it takes all the trades and sees so they could sell the patterns over to the institutional guys. Yeah, this is a time to remember that if you're getting anything for free, that you're not the customer anymore, you're the product. You're the product, Right. So they did that. All right, fine, whatever. They are who they are. Now, the problem I really had with this is, all right, so you you stopped the trading and people couldn't buy. That's really messed up because, and what actually happened was there were some very, very um, like poisonous contracts that were set to expire that day and it blocked the retail investors from really putting the screws to the hedge funds for the day. By that one day, I, th- I read somewhere, I don't know how accurate this number is, but it came from a pretty reliable source. Somewhere between four and six billion dollars the hedge funds saved that day by them blocking trading. So the hedge fund's best interest here is for the price to come down so that they can buy up the shares they need to settle their short contracts. So the only way that happens is if you aren't a short seller or bought short, but you bought actual stock, they need you to sell it. Otherwise, the price is going to keep going up as they get more desperate and you're just going to be able to write. This happened with uh, the Volvo or Volkswagen back uh, about a 10 or 12 years ago. Same exact thing. A short squeeze happened. So the next day, this is where this got me. Like this struck me as very alarming of like, all right, so Robin had to go out and they got a billion dollars of investment that night, Thursday night from current investors. I'm sure there's a legitimate reason. And I'm sure that it wasn't because they saved the Wall Street hedge fund six billion dollars by shutting off trading and then they got a billion dollars the next day that's that's not suspicious if you listen listen to vlad the ceo he just says it's a show of confidence yeah yeah that's what i would say too if i was a (laughs) piece of human never mind so that happens friday comes up now listen if you follow these people on reddit they were pissed oh my god and deservingly so man deservingly so listen even at that point i i was sort of an objective just on the outside looking in at that point i went this is wrong 
that is wrong. That should not happen. You're playing by two sets of rules. And the answer isn't we need more regulation. The answer is you need to enforce the regulation that's already there and maybe make less. Because there's so much regulation, it's impossible for retail investors to do this. It's impossible for them to compete with the wealthy because there's so many rules, so many laws, so many potholes to step in that it makes it almost impossible. But now the one time out of 10, the retail guy is beating up the hedge funds. They're changing the rules in the middle of the game, and they're doing it very underhanded. So here's the other part of this. Friday comes around. I mean, listen, it closed Thursday at about 199 almost $200 a share. And it had reached upwards of like 500 482 at some point. It opened Friday at $400 a share. Overnight trading doubled the price because these people were so mad. And look, their big thing now is I will not sell. I don't care. If you go on the Reddit subgroup, everything is diamond hands, hold the line, no selling, we're not folding, hold. Just hold and go buy more. There's guys putting posts up there like, I just YOLO'd $400,000 on GME to the moon. And me as like a moderately responsible adult slash financial advisor, I'm looking at this going, what the, what are you doing? This is insane. You can't afford to lose that much money. What are you doing? This is crazy. I mean, they never really had the money to begin with. I, I mean, they had some, obviously. Right. But if, like their big thing at this point is, I don't care if I don't make a dime. I will lose all of this money. It means nothing to me. I had no money last week. Now I have $10 million. I've never lived like this. I don't care. I will be poor again tomorrow, and it doesn't matter. I'm in this to burn them to the ground. I want to take the hedge fund out. That's what these guys are saying. So Friday opens, jumps immediately to 400. This is all another thing I found very, very troubling. So Robinhood, again, puts a limit on trading, but they didn't even announce it. They just made it so that right in the mid-morning, you could only buy two shares. Now, in the background, all these hedge funds are trying to get shares. They're trying to make it look like they're getting shares, if nothing else. Because if I think as a, if I hold GameStop and I think the shorts are covering their positions, my, my holding is not going to be worth as much. So I should sell it then and just get what I can before they close them. Because once they got all they need to close out the accounts, it's, a, it's over. The play is done and the price is going to plummet back to what it probably should be. So what they started doing is, if you look at trading activity, there was a lot on GameStop. A lot of buying and selling, a lot of buying and selling, a lot of buying and selling. And then Melvin Capital came out and said, like, yeah, no, we got it. So retail investors are blocked from buying more than, at first, two, and then it got reduced to one. So there's no buying, and that'll cause the price to go down. Meanwhile, the institutional investors are still trading, and they have all this activity. And then CNBC came out at uh, later in the day, like 1 or 2 o'clock, and put out a sponsored tweet, so one that they paid to have it actually go and reach more people that said, Melvin Capital has covered all of its short positions. So all of those things together should have caused a massive sell-off because at that point, if all of that is true, your position's not worth anything anymore. It's definitely not still worth $200 a share. It's not. It's probably going to go back down to like 5 bucks a share, and you're going to lose all your money. And they're still short. Like they're still, we, we know the number's still like 112% right. or something. Because these idiots on Reddit are not idiots. They're actually like a handful of them are brilliant at this. And they went in and they looked at all of this is available. This is what the institutional guys use to make these calls. They went in and looked at the charts and said, listen, it's all a smokescreen. This number of shares uh, sold short is still at about 120%. Yeah, they, they, they shorted more. 
Right. So what that means that they did is these guys literally went and sold more sales short to themselves amongst each other to go and buy it and give the appearance as if they were settling up all of their positions. Also, there's alleged that uh, J.P. Morgan Chase was out there shorting GameStop on that day because they're convinced that the the Reddit guys were going to fold. And they shorted it too. So they're selling shares sold. Ah, They are selling shares short. I got it that time. So I'm not going to tell you that there was coordination. Obviously, I cannot prove that. I'm saying I find it deeply troubling that at the exact timeline of GameStop, or not, um, Robinhood stops you from buying it on the retail side, but allows institutions to keep doing it. Melvin puts out a thing saying that they are buying up positions left and right, and they're generating all of this activity on these charts. And CNBC pays to have a tweet go out so it reaches more people to say they've covered it, it's over. All in succession. That's troubling. Like that's, I'm not, I'm, I'm not accusing anybody of anything. I'm not saying it. I'm just saying I find that to be a heck of a coincidence, and I find that to be troubling. Yeah, I feel like I saw, did I send you that tweet? That yeah, was pro- you I sent was me like, the tweet. What the hell is like promoted tweet? I'm like, wait, this isn't even real. Like, I, I don't even think this was actually real. And then I was like, oh my God, it's a promoted tweet. But uh, real quickly on this, so I talked to this just before we went on, but so CNBC, you know, not to, to pick their, whether or not they're uh, complicit in any kind of coordination and whatever, mm. but if you're spending all day talking about technicals and fundamentals and then a bunch of Reddit idiots come to steamroll the whole thing, <laughs> do you have a show anymore? Like, you what's do. Fast Money going to talk about? This Reddit idiots? No, I mean, you have to start considering the Reddit idiots. Like, that's a thing that you're going to have to start dealing with as an investor moving forward because they can move a market. Look. Melvin Capital is a $13 billion hedge fund. Obviously, was. they can influence was. They can influence the stock market. These guys, Wall Street bets, let's just say with core members. All right, so really 2 million. You have 2 million people, even if they have $10,000 a piece. If they move and it's if they move together, it's like the single most influential hedge yeah, fund the- in the world. Like and I'm not going to dismiss the fact that I'm sure there are some pros in there too. Of right? course. So like they have this, but it doesn't mean they're not wrong. They're probably just feeding information and that probably makes them more educated, more informed and better traders. Um, There's guys that have skill. They know yeah. what they are. Right. And listen, they didn't and so, walk into this. And we didn't talk about this, but there were some major players who jumped in on that trade on Wednesday was, right. I think with Elon tweeted out something, uh, game stomps. Right, stain stocks. <laughs> and legitimately, thing that, that went up went from like 130 to 200, like in, in a second. <laughs> that dude has like he's Midas. Um, Everything he touches. And so, Andy had this. I, I'm not going to pretend try to pretend to uh, pronounce his last name, but some uh, Shamath. Yeah. yeah. So, and he he was public about it. He's like, I'm in. He's like, he bought like 100 thousand dollars worth. He's I think he ended up cashing out he's like 700 thousand and gave it all to Barstool Sports uh, to give away to the Dave restaurant. Dave Portnoy's so, on this big time. Yeah, he's. He basically made his personal mission to end Robin Hood. He basically said so on Twitter. He's he like, said he's not going to stop until Vlad is in prison. Yeah. Like he's not stopping until somebody yeah. because this is robbery. Like this is such blatant market manipulation and it's in such plain sight that they're not even bothering to hide it. That is what I find so troubling is they're trying to make up excuses after the fact. They are manipulating the stock market at this yeah, point. Yeah, their excuses uh we want to save you guys from trouble, but the only people who were in trouble were the hedge funds. Right. And they were they were teetering on the edge of existence and they still they got, are they got a life raft. they still are if you look at the numbers i'm telling you this is my 
conclusion. I, I can't tell you this is definitively true, but if I, as I'm looking at all of the data that I can, and I'm looking at what these idiots have on Reddit, and I'm looking at the hedge funds and the behavior of the people at CNBC and hedge funds and Wall Street, I think they are not close to out of it. I think the, the Reddit guys held way more than anybody would have anticipated. And keep in mind, for them to truly get rid of all of their short positions, they need to buy pretty much all of the stock. And, and this is something that I, I'm definitely not sophisticated enough to understand, but I saw that they, other than when I, you know, I mentioned that the owners kind of unloaded a bunch of shares. So that kind of like stirred the waters. Like no, I don't, nobody was expecting that. I don't think. Yeah. Um, but the, uh, where was I going to go? The, uh, after the, um, um, I don't know what I was going to say now. Sorry, but That's I was going to okay. say it was the, something the, the technical side you didn't really understand about how they. The, so I don't remember. I, I, it was something about um, how they were going to. I mean, most of these companies still have long positions on some of these things too. Um, yeah, and so I feel like they probably did that even when it dipped to like one ninety two, and they could you know hedge themselves a little bit. Um, but who knows what the hell was going on on that Thursday? And that's what that's what I want the movie to be about. When there's this documentary, I want to know what happened on Thursday. I don't. I can't see any legitimate explanation for what happened on Thursday. I I don't think there is a combination of words in the English language that could make me look at that situation and go, oh, "Okay, no, I understand. Now that was that all just lined up, and it happened to be that way." This looks bad. I yeah. mean, this is. If you're driving down, you're manipulating the market so that the price goes down and the retail guys cannot buy it as the price is going down, but only the institutional guys can. I'm sorry, but you've chosen a side, and what you have now done is illegal. You stole money from these people. I'm not telling you that what they're doing is right, wrong, or indifferent. What I'm telling you is that if another hedge fund did it to them, there would be no complaints whatsoever. It would not be illegal. It would not be against any rules. It would be perfectly fine. There is nothing wrong with it. And the last thing that really got me was when I think it was Charles Gasparino broke the story that said the SEC is going to investigate the situation and they're going to start looking at the Reddit thread for misinformation. Like the SEC is going to investigate the Reddit guys, not Robinhood, not Citadel, not the hedge funds that are like clearly manipulating the stock market. You're going to go look for misinformation on a site where these guys call themselves idiots I mean, and like I said, and that's the, you know, I would say that's the nicest minority. way to describe themselves. Most people don't agree with Mr. Gasparini's uh, or Mr. Gasparino's uh, uh, position there. Uh, they think Robin Hood did, you know, act not not greatly. And oh, I don't think he was saying it, that, but he was saying he had a source that said the SEC was investigating. Now the SEC came out, so we're going to look at this too. But I, I was interested that, the you know, the other side of the argument rallied the crazy confluence of people, right? He had AOC come out on the side of the, the retailers. Wait, you had Donald Ted Trump Cruz, Jr. Donald Trump Jr. You had freaking John Stewart, had never been on Twitter in his whole life. I don't remember that dude. Yeah, I love so he. Story. Yeah, no, me too. His first tweet was like, this is bullshit. Right. <laughs> It's, so he it's joined so, Twitter just to make a tweet about this. And like, you know, it's, it has stirred the, you know, the, the, this is a, a thing that has been brewing. And, you know, I, I'm going to, I'm going to put a bunch of things in here. I think they're all part of the same thing. And that's going to be the Bernie Sanders stuff. It's going to be the Donald Trump stuff. It's going to be this stuff. It's going to be some of the stuff that happened on, on January 6th. There is a, there is a, well, a revolt or something going on amongst the people 
and they're pushing back wherever they can find a weak spot on the establishment and the elites. And that's not going to end. And it's going to get bigger and bigger and bigger because now they can mobilize. And they, when they find those weak spots, they're just going to attack. And, and again, it's decentralized. It, yeah. You can't just go and take one right, out. Right. And like I said, I, I think some of this goes back, you know, maybe I'm just being a homer here, but I think it goes all the way back to the, to the Ron Paul revolution of, of 2007, 2008, 2012. It was the same sentiment. It was like the, the, the people at the top are screwing over the people at the bottom. How can we stop it? And here we are, you know, a, a decade later or whatnot, and the, the, the sentiment is bigger. And now people are more nimble on the Internet. Uh, you know, there's, there's so much information. Yeah, and it's and just endless. access to it yeah. now. That's, yeah. I think, the biggest change is yeah. now you can go in and see what these other people have seen and said forever, like, well, this is why you need me. Like, I yeah. can read a chart. Well, that's what I'm saying. That's why I feel like CNBC is, like, a not a thing. I mean – there's going to be a, just a, a shakeup of, you know, we, we, I don't think we're going to know what the financial institution look like in five years. Like, it's no, just, it's I, just going to be totally different. Listen, I, I don't know how this all shakes out. I really don't. Here's what I found to be so incredible about this. So all the CNBC guys, Jim Cramer and everybody else, uh, uh, what's the guy's name? Payne on Fox. Business. Charles Payne. Charles Payne. Thank you. Charles Payne, to his credit, was one of the only ones that came out and said, no, listen, they got him. They win. You shouldn't do a thing about it. Let them take their medicine. Because if you, I'll get to that point in a minute. But all these other guys are coming out being like, hey, guys, you did great. Now sell it off and take your home run. If I went on, and I'm telling you right now, if you, I joined Reddit just for this. I didn't know what Reddit was. I, I, I joined off of the Elon tweet. I joined just for this. because when he you joined GameStonks, and I just hit the thing, and I was like, oh, Wall Street bets. And I just, I, I, honestly, I only used Reddit for Epstein stuff. Then I was like, oh. I didn't even know what Reddit was. I'm not kidding. I had no, I have heard of it. I didn't know what it was. Right. So I've joined it just to read this. And you've got guys on there that are putting things out. And it, obviously, you, like, you vote up if the more you agree with it, it gets pushed to the top. They're on there like, I've got $15 million invested in this. I will lose every dime of it before I let this go down. I will let, I, it's, their goal now is, it is, they want to make money, pure and simple. But that's like the second most important part. Priority number one is carnage. carnage. They, they are out for it, and they don't care yeah. if they lose every dime that they have made. And the, the one that kind of stuck out in my mind was a guy said, I've been poor my entire life. I've had this money for one week. You'd think I'd give a shit about going back to being poor. Yeah. Like it means nothing to yeah. them. They don't care. Yeah. And this is what's so unusual about it is everybody all like, well, you should be really careful that you might lose all the money. And they're like, yeah. Like, yeah, we get it. I, I, I don't know what to say. Like, what do you mean you're okay with that? And it's because they've had enough. Because yeah. they felt like they were playing a rigged game and they finally found an opportunity to stick it to the guys that rigged the game. And in response, they discovered the game was more rigged than they realized. Yeah. And I think that's maybe, I, maybe my biggest silver lining of this whole thing is that all those people realize if they didn't already realize now they know. And, uh, and it's not even just people who are participating. Anybody like us, we're just watching on the outside for a lot of it. Like it's exposing things that I don't think people realized were in existence. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm, I think the whole thing is crap. So like n none of this is really a surprise to me other than just, uh, I'm just fascinated by it. So oh my God, um, it's, 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 it's unbelievable. Like I said, I mean, I, it's hard to say this is the story of the year when we'd had a, you know, overthrow of the government uh, three weeks ago, but what the hell? Like, what the hell? This thing is, the, is literally the craziest story. So let's, let's take it one, the, the, to finish this off here, right? So where are we going? So we talked about AMC as one of the other kind of, kind of like the sister stock to uh, GME. Um, 
Nokia was another one in there. BlackBerry is another one in there. There was a couple other ones. Blockbuster video went up 400%. I didn't even know you could still buy stock in Blockbuster video. I know. Video. I, I, I said, I feel like I was just a joke to me. I, I literally just was like, I wonder if Blockbuster still has stock. I looked it up and I was like, oh, it's a penny stock. You can't buy it. Then I was like, oh, it's like up 250%. The next day it was up like 700%. I was like, oh my God. So clearly there are other targets. And we talked about the list of, of companies that have been shorted. Um, the one that got a lot of traction over the weekend and specifically today at open was silver, right? So this was the, um, the, the SLV, uh, the AG, those are the two tickers that kind of got the most attention here. Um, and then people buying physical silver. So actually people, you know, calling up buying bullion and coin and, and, and taking possession of that and their home. So again, this was something that we had just kind of talked, touched base on a little bit about, I'm like, man, if they could ever figure out a way to short silver, that's the biggest, you know, short that I think that exists it's much different than trying to score short uh, paper stock equity as opposed to actually buying and storing and taking out of circulation physical silver, which I think that's what would have to happen for the squeeze to actually really, really manifest into a squeeze. But there was a lot of movement over the weekend. I mean, all the silver stuff's up. Um, yeah, normally silver doesn't increase by 10% overnight. That, that's abnormal. It doesn't yeah. move by 10% in a year for the most part. But it yeah, did. It and I see, like I said, I, you know, I think when, when we talked to me, it was like something, uh, silver uh, spot was, or maybe that was the SLV was like, done like 23 bucks or something. SLV is is one of the funds that holds physical silver, allegedly. Uh, it's an iShares fund. It's, uh, it was at about 23.50. As of today, it's at about $27. Yeah. And so I don't know what to, and where these people are. I literally have been inundated with people asking me questions about this all week, which has been great. Like I love the interaction. Yeah. So people, please keep coming. Like I, I'll, I'll engage as best I can with the limited Knowledge, sophistication yeah. that I have. Um, I'd like to start off all those conversations with, for the record, I'm an unemployed bartender and then we go <laughs> on from there. So, um, don't take financial. But so, I, you know, back to speaking a little bit about the, the Ron Paul revolution a little bit. So that's where I got involved in money and monetary policy and all the fad and all this stuff. And so I started just buying and storing silver and gold myself back then. Right. So I would just buy whatever I could, a, a, a couple coins here, some junk silver from there, whatever. And I, I just put it in a shoebox. and here we are, you know, whatever, 10, 12 years later here. And all yeah. of a sudden the one thing that I thought I never would see or had basically been, I guess, banking on, if you will, is this squeeze that silver was eventually going to find its traditional and real price. Um, and maybe we'll eventually find that. But I mean, I, you know, I, I feel like the silver market has been distorted for decades by some of the biggest players in the game. Yeah. Um, if it's, if it's, if there is a silver squeeze and not saying it's uh, pulled off by necessarily wall street bets or, or anything affiliated with them, but that, that, that is moving for sure. So something happened in that market uh, there was a bunch of, of the, uh, like the America's precious metal exchange where I buy my, uh, gold and silver. They were no longer accepting buy orders cause they were waiting for the spot price to open up in Asia. Uh, so basically there was a big run up on price that basically caused a liquidation of silver. Again, I don't, I don't know if this is the, the mother of all shorts or, or, or if this is just a, a, a flash in the pan today, but the game is on, right? So the, the, the game is being played everywhere and maybe it's bigger than wall street bets now. And they just it basically expose the idea and, you know, people like me who, who had long known that silver was in this position of being shorted were like, oh, well, we can just do that. The same thing they did, did with the stock. You know, it's, it'll take more and a different approach, but the idea is out there now. And I think the idea is not going away. The idea is going to be there. And again, wherever they can find an, ex, an expose, that exposure is going to be spread like, you know, 
wildfire through the internet peoples, the idiots on Reddit and everybody else. I hope that maybe this is actually the people providing the check on the, the financial system that the government otherwise couldn't. And they seemingly have been more successful. They've been more successful than Occupy Wall Street or Bernie Sanders or Ron Paul or any of these other people, right? This is really kind of drawn. It was the people uprising and it was the people's idea and that's not going away. Listen, you could put the Trump thing in with that too. Like Donald Trump became president as, as uh, I mean, as funny as it is to say an anti-elitist, anti-establishment, but that's who he was. That yeah, was he was what an outsider. He right. He was the outsider saying, like, the game is rigged. I know because I was one of the ones be- yeah. benefiting from the rigging. So I, I think you're right. Now, the silver one is way more complicated. I don't know that you can actually execute a short squeeze on silver. I don't. But listen, this is the common misconception that people have on this. J.P. Morgan Chase is, is the biggest player in this by far, and they do have... A ton of silver. They have so much silver, it's incredible. But what they also have are leverage contracts on silver, where they have to execute at certain price points down the road. So they got caught what's called spoofing contracts for silver and manipulating the price. So it's been artificially held down so that it makes it cheaper for them to buy as they continue to buy and buy and buy and buy and buy and buy. Now, at some point, they're going to let the price come up. Either it's going to be because outsiders come in and do some type of a short squeeze. I don't want to call it that because it would be different, but something along those lines, or because it just benefits them if it's worth more money. Their exposure is not in the silver that they own. Their exposure is in the contracts that they have written for guaranteed to sell silver at a certain price down the road that then they negate as it gets closer to it. That's what spoofing is. You just you write the contract so it appears that there's this demand and then you cancel it and then you write a contract on the other side that you then cancel again and you can keep the price low. Um they got fined about a billion dollars for doing this. And this Ooh, is how, that probably put them out. And this is how much of a joke this is. Like if they are actually doing this and they're doing it half as successfully as what it appears they are doing it, they're going to make a trillion dollars off of this, and you find them not even a billion. It's not even like, it's like me writing the software that that steals money from banks at a fraction of a cent, and then them catching me and saying, you are now fined $50. Don't do it again, or else we'll find you another $50. And I'm going, that that's it? 50 Hmm. put it back. Let's do this again. It's it, not even a slap on the wrist. Like to us, it sounds like a ton of money, but to JP Morgan Chase, they don't care. Nothing. Okay. Here's the other half of that coin though. Let's, let's just call this what it is. If you somehow were able to execute a short squeeze on silver and actually get JP Morgan caught in all their future contracts, because let's say the price of silver ends up jumping up to a thousand dollars an ounce and you have a contract at JP Morgan Chase to sell X amount of dollars of silver at $25 an ounce. You either got to unload your own bullion, bullion, or you've got to go buy it on the market at $1,000 an ounce and then sell it at 25. Both are losing propositions for you as a company. So it's not the silver they own. It's the future contracts that are, that are the leverage on them. But if you did that, J.P. Morgan Chase is going out of business. You are upending the entire like economic, financial, economic world. It, everything comes crashing down at that point because other banks would also be caught up in this. The government doesn't have the capacity, ability, or funds to bail them out again. You're talking about massive levels of destruction. Now, I'm generally opposed to that. 
Not everybody is. And right now, the things on silver and everybody, it's not Wall Street bets. They've they've made that abundantly clear of, look, this isn't us. We're not telling you to do that. Like, we have two goals right now, GameStop and AMC. That's it. All the money goes into those two stocks until this thing goes to the moon and goes to Mars. And, I, I, I mean, the idea has caught on. I don't know how this game ends, but things are forever different. Like, that's my point in all of this is people are starting to realize people like me who I always knew this game was at least somewhat rigged. And these, these rich guys have their good old boys club where they look out for each other and like, Oh, they're not going to take you another been invited to an idea dinner. I've never been invited to an idea dinner. No, but even the hedge funds, like you're not going to go after another hedge fund because it's all the wealthy people that invest in both. And they'd be mad at you. And it's Citadel with their foot in both camps are going to come down on you and be like, how could you do this to another hedge fund? The retail investors don't care. They just, they don't. And now what we saw, this is what was so troubling on Thursday and Friday. They didn't even try to hide it. They think so little of the average person. Like Robin Hood, even like you let the rich people in the concierge service buy it. You blocked everybody else and you allowed these guys to go cover their positions. You just robbed these people in broad daylight, in plain sight, stuck your middle finger in their face and said, because F you. That is what actually, it appears, happened on Thursday and Friday of last week. And it's still happening today. It's still happening today. And I am I, I'm taken aback, for lack of a better word, at just how brazen it was of, like, you're not even trying to come up with a, well, it's a gray area. Nope. This is just blatant manipulation to benefit the wealthy at the expense of the common man. And that I find very, very troubling because – the rules are the rules. You can't change the rules just because you lost this time. And now you're coming in here and clamoring for more regulation. The reality is you're going to clamor for more regulation because the government doesn't enforce the rules on you. They enforce the rules on the little guy who can't afford the top attorney in the entire world at $25,000 an hour. That's who ends up getting hurt by it. The, the guys who work in hedge funds in on Wall Street end up going to work for the federal government on the economic team, on the economic advisory, chairman of the Fed. And then when they're done there, they go back and they get a job speaking or consulting at all of these firms for millions of dollars at a time. Yeah, Citadel paid uh, the new Treasury Secretary uh, $810,000 to speak. Yeah. I, I mean, I mean if, I'm sure those words were worth it. Yeah, she's, she's probably, got herself probably gave together. Ancient... Chinese secrets and homemade recipes. Right. And this is the insane part of all of this and why we got here in the first place. Like, if you look back at 2008 and what actually happened, 2008 was this perfect storm of stupidity, greed, and incompetence that culminated in a idea of using mortgage-backed securities, getting the rating agencies to slap a triple-A secure rating on them, Pension funds have to invest a certain amount of their portfolio in AAA-rated securities. These junk mortgage securities are returning 20% a year. My government bond is doing six. All right, well, let's go get more because I got I to gotta be able to stay competitive. And ultimately, they were junk, and nobody understood that. And the government, the ones who are supposed to be doing it, they were the ones slapping the AAA rating on them. I guess Moody's and S&P aren't technically government, but the regulatory authorities were allowing this to happen. They lose all the money. And then the Congress steps in and gives it back. They're like, oh, too big to fail. Good try, guys. Let's bail you all out. I mean, it's insanity because 
what you basically have is you have the capacity of these wealthy banks, hedge funds, and everybody else to privatize their gains but socialize their losses. There is no incentive for them to not take crazy risks like shorting 140% of a company because when they lose, we bail them out as taxpayers. We somehow bail them out. But when they win, they can keep it. And please don't make the mistake of thinking this is a Republican versus a Democrat issue. It's not. Yeah, like this that we pointed out, sides. AOC and Ted Cruz are on the same side of something. This is amazing. If you look at the stock market, financial sector has increased. by The day that Joe Biden got elected through inauguration, the financial sector increased like 38% in value. Banks went up by about 40% in value. And when they... When they got the confirmed Georgia runoff went through and it was known it was going to be Democrat controlled, the Wall Street firms literally jumped 7% in a day. That's not an accident. Like, that's not because they were, they're afraid of all the regulation yeah, that like, Wall Street. It's like when Vegas knows the uh, starting quarterback's not going to play and the, the line moves. Right. It, like, you know what's happening here. And it's both sides. I Republicans and Democrats are equally guilty of all of this nonsense. And here's the thing. Every time you try to step up the rules, the rules don't affect the big guys. They can get around them. It affects the people trying to compete with the big guys because they use the rules as a crudgeon, as a to bur- just hit you and keep you down. This is this is not a crazy conspiracy. This is just what happens. Like I can't. The similarities between this and what happened in 08 are actually pretty striking. I don't. I'm not predicting like the economic downfall or anything else. But before we sign off, like, think about this. And I think I've said this to you in, in private conversation before. I don't think I've said this on the show. If you saw, like, a Great Depression-like event, all right, whether it's J.P. Morgan Chase collapsing, the government defaulting on debt, something like that, that basically shut down the country, causes hyperinflation, and causes a devaluation of the currency. I think if it happened today, it'd be worse than the Great Depression. Because at least back in the 1930s, people had basic life skills on how to grow or pick food. People understood how to grow something that they could eat. People understood how to preserve meat without refrigeration. People understood how to do, how to hunt, how to go and get their own food. We're useless now. Like if you couldn't get to a grocery store, if a grocery store couldn't be restocked for three weeks, people would starve to death. Like we have, they wouldn't know what to do. It would turn to madness, chaos, and crime because they have no ability to say like, oh yeah, Think about if you couldn't go to a grocery store for the next two weeks. Could you make it? Most people couldn't. Most people could Most people are going week to week. They if, if two weeks would be like the absolute limit of what they could do on survive. I, I mean, that's how crazy it would be if you talk about a great depression. And here's the thing. Uh, yeah, it's easy to say it'll never happen. Why not? Seriously. I, I mean, it's going to happen. At some point, there's going to be, you know, whether you want to call it a correction or a crash, things that go up come down and, you know, I don't know that 08, 09 ever ended, and this is just a you know we put a, 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 ref, a reflation of the the same bubble that was there then. So yeah, we slapped that slap just, seal on the thing to stop <laughs> that leak. Yeah, we just moved the moved the air around inside the bubble. So and that's why you look at all the government debt and you look at what's happening here. And the reality is, there are people out there, and you can agree or you can disagree with them, but their attitude is this government and this system are beyond redemption. This game is so rigged that it's got to come down consequences be damned. And it doesn't mean they're ignoring the consequences. It means they think it's worth it. I, I, I'm just telling you what's out there. And yep. it's there are that number, the people who think that way, it's growing. It's not shrinking. 
the number of people. Listen, it's an easy sell, that. right? If you're if you're disgruntled and somebody's like, "Hey, this is a way to burn it all down." Like, oh, I'm open to that. Right. And listen, here's the reality. If you burn it all down, people will die. People, and at least they, when they all have another $1,400 coming to invest in here pretty soon. So. Those are my favorite. Like, I, I got to point this out because it's the funniest thing in the world. Literally, these Wall Street uh, bets guys, they had a, a screenshot of a sell limit. So a sell limit is a, uh, if the price hits a certain point, that's the limit of when you'll hold it and you sell. Automatically sell. You don't, you don't have to do anything about it. These guys put... I think it was 1,200 sell limit orders at 420 at $420. And then they put another 1,000 at $420.69. They are making weed and sex jokes with their actual trades on the stock. They are millions of dollars on the line, and they are making weed jokes. Maniacs. This is nuts. I love it. I, I can't fathom how this is a real thing. I said, I, I'm still, <laughs> a week ago, we we're like, maybe we'll have to talk about GameStop on the show. Holy hell. What a week, what the hell the week made. I, I put this on Facebook. I don't think people realize how big of a deal this actually is yeah. or what we're watching. Like, yeah, I've been calling it a tremor, and I still think we're in the tremor, and I think it's you know just a precursor of something much bigger and the big one, if you will. And the government keeps, or not the government, but the establishment, let's call it that way, like Wall Street firms and SEC and everything else. Every time they do something like this or the government looks the other way and allows it to happen, these people get more galvanized and it becomes more and more of, I don't care if I lose every dime, I am taking these people out. If they care this much that they're willing to do this blatantly illegal activity in broad daylight, then they obviously have a lot to lose, and I want to make sure they lose it. I hope I make money, but if I don't, as long as they go down, all worth it. Yeah, I feel like they're just treating it like ones at the strip club. They're like, it's an experience. It's worth it. I know I'm never going to get this money back. I'm not going to get anything out of it, but here you go. Here's 50 bucks. I mean, this is... It's I love it. just mind-boggling to watch this all happen in real time. Like, these guys making weed and sex jokes are the ones who outmaneuvered a $13 billion hedge fund. They outmaneuvered them. And now the hedge fund is, like, crying for help from the refs, from their other rich friends to try to get bailed out on this. And it's so wrong. And I get why the hedge fund's doing it. Please don't misunderstand me. You lose $13 billion for the wealthiest people in the world, your life's not so pleasant moving forward. Yeah. That, that's just the reality. So I get it. I see both sides. My issue always comes down to you cannot have two sets of rules. Like I said, I, this, this, none of this, maybe none of it, but like it was never going to be this if they weren't 138% short of the shares, right? So like right. Th- no, everybody wants to talk about the, the retailers and them, them exploiting the, 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 you know, the wound, if you will, but the, the, it was a self-inflicted wound on their own part. And like they got I said, greedy. they just... Yeah, they got so. greedy. Listen again. If you go to England, fourteen percent short sale interest. America, a hundred and forty, eighty nine, ninety. Think about what that actually means. It means that people sold without owning ninety percent of a company, and now if they get called on it, they have to buy ninety percent of the company. And guess who's got to sell it with them? Thick Dad Bod 66. That's who you're trying to get to sell it to you. The guy that had literally $8,000 eight months ago that's now worth $10 million, and he doesn't care. Yeah. Like, that's who, that's who you're trying to persuade to sell. It's awesome. It's awesome. I love it. Anything else, Ben? Let's, uh, we were a little bit over here, but let's, no, uh, 
Uh, anything else you want to leave them? Any bit of enlightenment for the folks? Or, I got, uh, I got nothing. Any financial advice you want to give out? No, I'm not. <laughs> again, nothing is financial advice. I'm just trying to tell you the story as I see yeah, it. The story from is where great. it is. Yeah, the story is great. I appreciate your expertise in the story. So, I mean, expertise is a strong word, well, but it's a. I have some familiarity with this, and I cannot express to you. Listen, if you're not paying attention to it, pay attention to it. But all these people trying to paint the Wall Street bets guys as like the bad guys who are trying to ruin things, I maybe. But if you're trying to say the the hedge funds, Wall Street, Robinhood contingent is the good guys in all of this, you're sorely mistaken. I'm sorry. What that Wall Street guys are doing, what the Wall Street bet guys are doing is arguably unethical. But it's what we've allowed these hedge fund managers to do for decades. So now it's not okay when it gets done to them. That's not okay. Sorry that you took this massive gamble that you allowed yourself to be this leveraged and yet you never saw it coming that somebody would actually short squeeze you and then it happened. Guess what? You play the game, you live with the consequences, whatever they are. That's how investing works. And these Wall Street guys are well aware that what they are doing is not investing. It's gambling. The site is called Wall Street Bets. Not Investment Advice 101. Wall Street bets. They are well aware that what they are doing is putting it all on black YOLO. and spinning the wheel. And I love when you use YOLO as a verb. It's the funniest thing in the world. <laughs> I just YOLO'd $400,000 on GameStop. You are insane. Maniacs. All right, folks. That'll do it. Hopefully that gave you uh, uh, at least a bit up to speed on all things uh, GameStop, Wall Street bets, Robin Hood, and the like. Um, we didn't even talk about Dogecoin. I mean, you asked me about it. I did, because I had somebody ask me about Before it. Four other people asked me about it. I know, you were the first person to ever ask me about Dogecoin, and three more people asked me about oh, Dogecoin in two days. So. Dogecoin the is horde. a cryptocurrency that was sounded as a joke. It was meant to be a joke. But it's Elon's. And the Reddit guys are just, trying to pump it up. It literally, like, it tripled. It went, from, it went from less than a penny to seven cents. I know. And then Robinhood stopped your ability yeah. to trade in it. Yeah. Like, right. this is crazy. Listen. You can say whatever you want about it's irresponsible and it's all fun and games until these guys lose all their money and they lose their house. Like, no, it's still fun and games to them. I'm telling you. And if that happens to them, then it happens because that is the way this works. If you're going to take crazy risks, you have to be willing to accept the punishment or the penalty when they go bad. I've had multiple clients call me and ask me about this, and I've made my opinion abundantly clear. Do whatever you want, but understand this is not investing at this point. This is gambling. This is you throwing the money. So if you want to buy it, God bless you. Do not put in more than you are prepared to lose. If you can't stomach the thought of losing $1,000, do not put $1,000 on this. Well, there you go. Mr. Hughesong, end us with some good life advice, as it turns out to be anyway. And general terms. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, please uh, like the video here. <clears throat> We've migrated over here to YouTube, and we need all the uh, interactions that we can get. Uh, so please like the video. <clears throat> Excuse me again. Um, subscribe to the channel. Uh, share this with everybody uh, that you think would be interested, and uh, we'll see you all next week. I thank you very much.